So welcome to week two of getting filled and living filled with the Holy Spirit. Really, this series is all about getting to know the Holy Spirit better and more deeply. Uh, It's my hope that through this series we're going to grow in our understanding of who He is, but not just here. I hope that we grow in our understanding and our heart of who the Holy Spirit is and grow in our relationship with the Holy Spirit uh, so that we can understand who He is and all that He does for us minute by minute every day. So my belief is that we need the Holy Spirit in our life every day to make life the best it can be and to really help us become the best follower of Christ that we can be. So joining us this morning, and I want to welcome all the couples that are in LaConnor. So hi, why don't you guys turn around and wave at the camera right up above the screen. Hi guys, welcome. We've got a bunch of couples in in LaConnor um, at the Just Us Marriage Getaway. Gwen and I were there. We drove back this morning. Uh, so no traffic at 5.30 or 6 o'clock on the road, which is great. So uh, welcome you guys. We had a great, great weekend as married couples. If you ever get the chance go to this. It's very relaxing. Uh, Mark Warren taught us on personalities and uh, how to get along better, how to play nice. And we had a great ice cream social last night. We just sat around, 40 or 50 of us in a room, uh, and just enjoyed one another, getting to know each other. I met a whole bunch of new people, which was great. Um, we did the amazing race yesterday. So couples in LaConnor, forgive each other. You know, don't hold anything against one another. It was awesome. Great race, very challenging. And we got to know LaConnor through the amazing race. So good time. Great things happened. But here's the thing. And I want to say this to the couples this morning uh, as well in LaConnor. You know, we can have all the best information. And we can learn everything we want about personalities and about how to communicate and about all those, all those great tools that Mark gave us and that we can learn. But my belief is, and I think the Bible bears me out, is that if we don't have the Holy Spirit really opening us up and really helping us to receive all that we've learned here, if it doesn't move the 12 inches from our head to our heart, there will be a lot of waste. Wasted time, but also wasted hope and wasted energy. And so couples at the retreat, uh, remember when you go home, move from your head to your heart. You know, let the Holy Spirit help you uh, put all these tools in place. But for all of us here today, same thing. It's the Holy Spirit that helps us take what is otherwise just information, powerful information, but it's information. It's the Holy Spirit that helps us take it and really make it real in our lives and our hearts. And the Holy Spirit has has the power to transform us through this knowledge and information that he brings us and that he applies to our lives. So we've got to be open to receiving what the Holy Spirit has for us if we really want to experience transformation. And I think all of us here today probably do. So let me say it like this this morning. Real life begins with the Holy Spirit. Real life begins with the Holy Spirit. As I look around here today, I think that I can safely say we all share something in common. And that is before we knew Christ, we were lost. We were outside of a relationship with God. We weren't connected to our Heavenly Father, to our Creator. The Scriptures say it like this in Romans 3. No one is righteous, not even one. So if you thought you were good enough this morning without Christ, sorry. No one is righteous. No one is truly wise. No one is seeking God. All have turned away. All have become useless. No one does good. Not a single one. That's our starting point. That's who we were. 
as people, as humans born into this world, we were lost in our sin. We were blinded by Satan. And I want to say this today because this is Lyndon. So even if you were raised in the church, and it wouldn't have to be just Lyndon, but Lyndon's so noteworthy for this. Even if you were raised in the church, it doesn't mean that you know Jesus. Even if you were taught a lot of stuff that ended up right here, it doesn't mean that you've ever had a heart reception of the Holy Spirit where you've been reborn. And so even if you've been raised in church, it doesn't mean that you're good enough. Why? Because there's an enemy of our soul that that works very, very hard to keep us blind to the truth that it's relationship with God that he wants us to have, not just religion. God doesn't want us to settle for religion. God wants us to have, wants us to have a true heart-to-heart relationship with Him. But there is an enemy of our soul. There's an enemy of darkness that wants to keep us in the dark about this relationship we can have with Jesus Christ. And by doing that, He keeps us separated from God. So let's read this scripture. It's in 2 Corinthians 4. It really spells it out. It says, Satan, who is the God of this world, little g, God, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. That was us. That may be some of us here today. And this message is that God wants a relationship with you. And it comes through believing and receiving who Jesus is and what he has done for us. God doesn't want you to settle for just religion, just head knowledge. God wants you to move from information into relationship with him. He even calls it friendship with him. And we get that friendship through the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. It's the Spirit of Christ that draws each of us to himself for this relationship that we enjoy. And he convinces us of our need for Jesus. Jesus said in John 12, when I'm lifted up, in other words, when I am on the cross, I will draw everybody to myself. Jesus said that. So through the cross of Jesus, he draws us. The Spirit of Christ draws us to himself, into relationship. Uh, The Spirit of God taps into that desire that I believe each of us have deep in our soul to know God and to be known by him. And here's the thing, you may not even be aware of that desire, but I believe that every person ever made has this deep desire, this potential for relationship with God that we don't even know about. But then we sense the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit drawing us to himself. And that happens through the cross of Christ. So unbelief keeps us apart from God, and it's the Holy Spirit who convicts us that we need a Savior. He convicts us of our sin of unbelief. John 16, when he, the Holy Spirit, comes, he will convict. Can you say convict? Convict. Convict's a good word. Convict is a great word. It means that you come to the realization that you need Jesus. Okay, so he convicts the world of its sin, of unbelief, and of God's righteousness, and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me, in Jesus, not in, not in Kurt, in, in Jesus, okay? So number one, one of the greatest benefits we receive from knowing the Holy Spirit, it's in your notes today, is that our soul is saved through the Holy Spirit's conviction 
that I desperately need to be forgiven and redeemed by Christ. One of the greatest benefits, simply knowing God through through the cross of Jesus Christ and through the drawing of the Holy Spirit. Okay, So the Holy Spirit draws us to God and he convicts us of our unbelief. And he says, Jesus is worthy to be believed. He convinces us we need him. He facilitates our salvation. He exposes our unbelief in our heart. And he says, come on, join the throngs of believers in Jesus Christ. He makes us aware of our desperate need. Sometimes it means we have to get to the bottom in our life. Like Becky said this morning, it's through our brokenness that we are made whole. Often, that's the case. Like C.S. Lewis said, pain draws us or, or, or is the megaphone that makes us aware of our need for God. Pain. And so oftentimes it's at the bottom in life that we realize that we need Jesus. But once we're drawn and once we receive, I've got news for you, it doesn't stop there. Then God wants us to partner with him to help others come to Christ. We play a part in this thing of helping people know that they need Jesus. I love this text in Ephesians 6. It says, once you come to Christ, then pray in the Spirit at all times, on every occasion. Stay alert. Be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And pray for me too. This is Paul. Ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan. I'm in chains now. I'm still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. So salvation is not only about you and you coming to relationship with Jesus Christ. But then salvation also becomes about you and your participation with the Holy Spirit praying for people to come to Christ, praying for believers to have a strong witness, and being persistent in your prayers in the Holy Spirit, that people would come to salvation. You know, oftentimes we just stop at salvation. And I would say to you, that's selfish salvation. That's not others' loving salvation. What's the great commandment? Love God and... Love others. So if salvation stops with you, it doesn't fulfill God's entire purpose for your life. God wants you to pray and to become a powerful witness for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Acts 1.8. This was the biggest purpose for the Holy Spirit filling our lives. And it's that we would receive power when he comes upon us, to be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. Salvation doesn't stop with us. Salvation's a flow. It flows into us and then through us as we share salvation with those in our lives. How do we do that? Well, we do it like Jesus, don't we? We do it like Jesus. We don't approach people with judgment because really the big sin that people are dealing with is the sin of unbelief. So don't pick on people about being sinners, I mean, they're sinners. They're going to sin, right? But when you come to people, you come to them with the same mercy and kindness that God has that says, hey, you know, you're not seeing Jesus. Let me help you see Jesus. Jesus loves you. God has a plan for your life. You know, Jesus didn't come to judge. He came to save the lost. And so we, as we reach out to those around us, we come also in the kindness of Christ to seek and save the lost. The Bible says in Titus 3, when God our Savior revealed His kindness and love, He saved us, 
Not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. Scripture says it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. And so as we partner with God in His purposes of sharing the love of Christ with those around us, bringing salvation, we do it in the same spirit that Christ did, to seek and save the lost, not in judgment. Sinners who remain sinners, who remain outside of Christ, are going to be judged. What they need is salvation. And so we come in the spirit of Christ and we partner with the Holy Spirit to let them know what a kind and merciful and loving Savior they have in Jesus Christ. Amen? That's how we live. We love those around us. So the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit brings us to life in Christ. He gives us a new spirit and connects us back to the Father. That's how we can be in relationship with God. We become His children. And it's the Holy Spirit, among all the other things that He does, it's the Holy Spirit who affirms to us day after day after day after we receive Christ that we truly are one of God's children. How many of you know you need to hear that every day? You need to hear that. And that's why it's so important for you to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, with God in your heart where He lives, because He affirms in your heart that you are God's child. And you need to be reminded of that every day. It's a great benefit of having the Holy Spirit fill your life. Romans 8, Paul said, You have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. Probably the best translation in English for Abba is Daddy. Daddy. You know, not all of us call our dads Daddy. We had a southern guy share his testimony in the fire last week, and he called his daddy, who's passed on, he called his daddy Daddy. You know, because that's what southerners do. They call their daddy, daddy. But this is a great word for God, for a relationship with your heavenly father, that in your intimate times with him, you'd call him daddy. You'd call him Abba, father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. So I think one of the great benefits of having a close relationship with the Holy Spirit is being affirmed over and over and over again that you really are God's child, even when you mess up, even when you fail, that you still belong to Him. That doesn't change. You know, it's been a few weeks since I talked about my grandbaby, so I need to mention her this morning. It's just been a while. I know you're just longing to hear. So Trilby went to Missouri. That's where uh, Evan's parents are from. So Lindsay took Trilby to Missouri for uh, three weeks. How many of you know a lot of things happen in three weeks? She came home crawling. So in her crawling, and I don't have a video, I just have this picture. So we're FaceTiming with Trilby. And she knows my voice, she knows Opa. And I keep reminding her what my name is, because I want her to say my name first, right? There's like bragging rights to that. And so I'm like, on FaceTiming, I'm like, Opa loves you, Trilby, Opa loves you. Opa, Opa misses you. Opa thinks you're the most beautiful girl on the planet. Opa loves you. Opa, 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 Opa. Opa, good things, good things, good things. And what am I doing? I'm affirming over her little ears right now that Opa loves her. Opa loves her deeply. Opa misses her. Opa wants her home again. And what you can't see and, and what she's on the way to doing is she knows my voice. 
And so her mom's holding up the camera of the phone, and she knows my voice, so she's crawling. She'll, she'll come crawling to the phone, and she'll try to eat the phone. That's what she'll try to do. But she knows my voice. She smiles. She breaks out in a smile. And I want to be that Opa that affirms deep love over my grandkids. How many of you grandparents, I just want to say this to you, you have one of, most, most, one of the most important jobs on the planet. You do. Because as parents, you know, we have to do all this discipline stuff and we've got to, you know, be tough sometimes. But, you know, grandparents, you just feed them sugar and love them and send them home. That's all you got to do, right? And love them and affirm them. Affirm them that, that they're your grandchildren. And that you love them deeply and, deeply and dearly. And this is what the Holy Spirit does for us. The Holy Spirit affirms over us that God, our Father, loves us. That God loves us. Yes, He has to discipline us. We know that. But the Holy Spirit reminds us that we belong to Him. Even when we've had a hard day. So that's a great thing, right? So what a wonderful benefit it is every day to be affirmed by the Holy Spirit, to have this relationship with Him where He reminds you all through the day. When you, when you have a tough moment in your day, it's the Holy Spirit who reminds you of your identity. Remember who you are in this moment. Don't give up. Don't give in to your human uh, desire to go selfish and explode. You know, Remember who you are in this moment. Let me affirm that you are a child of God. So this morning, we're going to affirm that in our own hearts as we receive communion together. So worship team, come on up. And right in the middle of the message today, we're going to affirm this relationship that we have with Jesus Christ, this forgiveness of our sins, this cleansing of our life. But this morning, I want to remind you with communion of the part the Holy Spirit plays in our salvation that He draws us to Christ, and He is really the one, and this is why it can't just be information in our head, the Holy Spirit is really the one that does the regeneration of our heart, that, that makes us born again, like it says in John 3 and John 4. The Holy Spirit is the one that takes the cross and the sacrifice of Christ and applies it to our life. And the Holy Spirit says, You need Jesus. Let me penetrate the darkness of your heart with the truth of the love of Christ. If you're here this morning, you've never received Christ, I encourage you to do it right now. Right now. Say, Jesus, I need your forgiveness. I need you in my life. It's that simple. I confess I'm a sinner. I confess I need your grace. I need to be cleansed by you. I want to have relationship. And if you do that right now in this moment, God will come into your life and you'll be born again. And then you can confirm that with communion and you can confirm that by coming and talking to me or Becky or any one of us. Anyone in the church that you know is a Christian can help you confirm that with your confession. So let's stand. Let's come. There's tables all over the worship center. Take your bread and take your cup and go back to your seats and then we will uh, partake together. Got just a couple more things I want to share with you this morning about what the Holy Spirit does for you, okay? So we know now that He saves us through the atoning work of Jesus. Jesus did the work. The Holy Spirit applies it to our life. But here's a question I have for you this morning. How is is this even possible 2,000 years 
after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. How do we even find out about Jesus? What is it that has sustained this truth over centuries? What is it? Does anybody know? Faith, yes. And what if you didn't know what to have faith in? Yes, the Word of God. The Word of God. Faith in the Word of God is what brings us to that place where we know what it is that we can believe and what we can put our hope in and what we can put our trust in. And the Holy Spirit has had so much to do with this faith book being written and handed down over the ages that we need to talk about that this morning. Okay, We need to talk about the Holy Spirit's role in the Word of God. The fact that this has not changed and we still have a reliable source to go to that has not been watered down over the years is really remarkable. It really, really is. You know, because we have God's unchanging, Holy Spirit-inspired Word that hasn't changed since it was first spoken by Moses some 3,500 years ago, we have first-generation manuscripts of the Gospels, Pieces and portions, second generation manuscripts, that means like 50 to 80 years after Christ. First generation would be 40 to 50 years after Christ that were written down. This would be kind of like if I would today start writing the story of Pastor Kim, starting North County Christ the King. And then I would include in that story my interactions with Kim, what it was like to work for Kim, what it was like to do life with Kim, how this how this body of Christ started and came into being through the work of a man named Pastor Kim. So if I were to write all that down, it would be kind of like what we have here in the Word of God. Men wrote down what they had seen and observed and experienced with Jesus. And and way before that, prophets prophesied what would happen when Jesus came. And so we've got this amazing living book That over 2,000 years after Jesus rose, lives are still being transformed by the Holy Spirit and how he applies this living word to our life. It's how we change. It's how we're transformed. It's how our minds are renewed. It's through the word of God, but not just the word of God, the Holy Spirit transforming our lives through the word of God. So that's number two in your notes today. Only two points in your notes today. Somebody say, Amen, brother. Yes. Getting hungry. My life is transformed by the Holy Spirit-inspired Word of God and His power to change me. So I just want to remind you, I said this last week, but the Apostle Paul, who was a Christ-hater, a terrorist, a persecutor, and a murderer of Christians, met Christ, and then he wrote many of the words in the New Testament of this book that we have. Here's some of his words. He said, All Scripture is inspired by God. And is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. How many of you know that's true? I have changed a lot because of the Holy Spirit convicting me of what's in the Word of God. And how my life has not lined up with the Word of God. And so I need to let Him make changes in my life so that I can have the abundant life that He wants me to have. And I can be obedient to what his word says. And that's a good thing. Life's better with the Holy Spirit-inspired word of God. I, you know, left to my own devices, I can mess my life up bad. 
And I've tried to do that. I can tell you when I live my life by God's word, life is better. In fact, it's the best it's going to be on this planet. Right? That's just the way it is. So it's this book, the Holy Spirit-inspired Word of God, that when I read it and when I receive it into my innermost being, that it renews my mind. It makes me think differently than I did before. It sees myself like God sees me, not like Kurt sees me or you see me. And it transforms my heart and my life. I'm different today because of God's Word and the Holy Spirit. So starting with the Old Testament, the the Holy Spirit spoke through the prophets. It was inspired by God, and it's all recorded It's all recorded in this book for us to grow by, for us to be transformed by. Let me just mention one thing Peter said in 2 Peter 1. He said, above all, you must realize that no prophecy in Scripture, that's in here, ever came from the prophet's own understanding or from human initiative. No, those prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit. And they spoke from God. And so we hold in our hand one, two, maybe you have eight of these at home, hopefully not collecting dust. We hold in our hand the living Word of God, Holy Spirit inspired, Holy Spirit spoken, and recorded and put together into this book that has the power through the Holy Spirit to transform our lives. Prophets, priests, and kings anointed by the Holy Spirit heard from God and spoke his words. And this word of God is what God uses to renew our minds and transform our lives. He uses it so that we can have a plumb line to who he is and what he believes and and what he sees as valuable even today. Okay? So let me give you some passages of Scripture. Ephesians 6. Paul said, Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, In Hebrews 4, I love this passage. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. It cuts between soul and spirit. All of you have a soul and a spirit. The word of God distinguishes between your human thoughts, the soulish thoughts, and what is of the spirit. It's the word of God where you find the answers for that. Between joint and marrow, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. The Word of God exposes your motivation. It helps you discern about yourself. Now, don't use it to be a judgy judge. Use it to discern your own heart motivations about whether what you're doing is in love or whether it's self-serving. The Word of God helps you discover that. That's a good thing. Everything is naked and exposed before His eyes, and He is the one to whom we are accountable. So the personal, the personal word of God is Jesus. He's called the word. But this is also the word of God given to us. Now someone told me last week that they had surgery. I think it was on their leg. And when they looked at their leg, the surgeon had signed their leg, right? Which is kind of cool. Autograph the leg, you know, and, and it's still there to be autographed, right? So that's a good thing. And the Holy Spirit wants to autograph your heart. The Holy Spirit wants to autograph your heart. He wants to do surgery in your heart. And this is the great thing about knowing the Holy Spirit on a personal level. He'll do surgery. And as a surgeon, he wants what's best for you. So he's going to take out, help you cut out the parts that are not healthy. And help you live out of a healthy heart instead of out of a a human, you know, heart of stone. One that messes up relationships. One that causes pain. God doesn't want us to live that way. God wants us to live out of a heart that he has done surgery on. 
And then he wants to sign our heart and says, yeah, this one's mine. Didn't I do a great surgery? So it's not even you who make the changes, but it's you who receive the changes that God wants to do in your life. He wants to, he wants to take out what is human and selfish, self-serving, all about me. God's goal for us is that we become all about him and what he wants to do. And since God is love, we are to love. We're to love God and love others. That's our motivation. So he exposes our heart. What is not loving? Husbands, how did God command you to treat your wife? Love her like Christ loved the church. Right? Love your wife like Christ loved the church. How did Christ love the church? He laid down his life for her. And so, husbands, that is, that is how the Bible commands us as men of God, as redeemed men, to love our wife as Christ loved the church, laying down our life for her, um, loving her to a new place of potential and a new place of beauty, even though she's beautiful, loving her so that she becomes even more beautiful, even more glorious, so she comes out of her own pain and becomes every bit the woman that God designed her to be. That's, that's what God wants for us. That's my vision for how I want to love my wife. And so men who are at the conference, here's my closing remark to you. Love your wife like Christ loved the church. Lay your life down for her. And then women, you get to do uh, something as well. You get to receive the love. You get to receive it. Don't make it hard for your husband to love you. Receive the love that he has for you as he grows in his ability to do this. Some of you might say, well, he just doesn't do it very well. I get that, but he's learning and he's growing. If he's a follower of Christ, then you've got to give him room to grow. And so learn how to receive from him. Let him lead in love. Let him learn to lead in love. And so that's how we do that as married couples. But just as people out there in our culture and in our jobs and our friendships, the Word of God renews our mind, and my life changes when my mind is renewed. Why do you read the Word of God? Because, because God wants to renew your mind. And the Word of God renews your mind. It helps you to think like God thinks, not like we think. Why would we want this? Well, one is obedience. That's the obvious thing, right? But because your life will be better, you'll become the best you. Forgive me for quoting Joel on that. But you'll become the best you. When you allow the Word of God to transform your mind and change your life, you do. You become a better lover of yourself and of people. Right? And that's what God wants you to do. He wants you to love. He wants you to love. So life with the Holy Spirit is the best life. Jesus called it living life to the full or the abundant life. The Holy Spirit teaches us how to live love. You wonder, why all this talk about the Holy Spirit? Why should, I, why should I come to church and hear about the Holy Spirit? Why should I be filled with the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit enables you to live love. That's what he does. He wants you to live love. Jesus said in John 14, when the Father sends the Advocate or the Holy Spirit as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything. And he'll remind you of everything I've told you. And what did Jesus tell them and tell us? Love God. Love your neighbor as you love yourself, right? So you also got to love yourself well, in the right way, not in the selfish way, in the right way. The Holy Spirit guides us into truth. He uses his word. God uses this 
to guide us into all truth. This is what he uses. Okay, If you're not reading this, then you're not really receiving the guidance that the Holy Spirit has for you. Just, I'm just telling you the truth. Okay, So John 16, 13, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. And Jesus said, when you know the truth, it will, it will set you free. It will set you free. God's word replaces the lies of the enemy, lies that have bound us up, lies that have given us an untrue perspective of ourselves. God's word replaces the lies of the enemy with his truth, what he thinks and believes and feels about you. And you need to have your, your mind renewed with that truth if you ever hope to love well. And that's one of the roles of the Holy Spirit. So the enemy tries to convince us that we're worthless, keeps us from doing what God wants us to do with our lives, keeps us from living a life of purpose. The enemy tries to convince us and keep us there. He doesn't want us partnering with God's purposes of prayer and of winning others to Christ, of witnessing with our lives. And so he'll try to keep you in that place of ineffectiveness. But the Holy Spirit comes and says, come on, let me change your mind about that. Let me help you grow in becoming a powerful witness for me. And we discover how he wants us to do that. Oftentimes we do that through our careers. We live love through our career or through our hobbies or through, you know, being in theater or through being in community orchestra or through playing softball or going on hikes or fill in the blank. And we live love by just bringing Jesus where we go and and being honest about how he's changed our lives, right? That's why, that's how we do it. And the Holy Spirit helps us to do that. So if you give yourself to the Holy Spirit, he will fill you and transform you with his word. You know, if I only read about the Holy Spirit, I will only know about the Holy Spirit. And so you've got to, You've got to do more than read about the Holy Spirit. You have to enter, enter into relationship with the Holy Spirit. You know, I brought with me a, our newspaper. This is the Linen Tribune. And we get this on Wednesdays. And so my practice is sometime Wednesday afternoon, I'll go out and stand at reception and, and read through the paper, right? Find out what's going on in Linden. And one of the pages I go through first is the obituary page. And the reason I do that is I want to find out if I'm still alive. And so that's my, my first big reason. The second reason is because I really want to know if somebody who attends our church lost somebody that they love. And that's often how I find out. Like if the person doesn't go to our church, but just the fam, some of the family does, I often find out through the obituaries. And so I want to know. And so I can reach out if I, if I find out. But if I only read somebody's obituary, how well am I really going to know them? I'll know about them. They were born, they lived, they died. Right? We call it the dash between the, what do we call it? The, the dash. The dash in the middle. The dash in the middle, yeah. If I only read their obituary, I'm not going to really know them. And, but, that's, but that's often what we do with, with this and with information about Jesus. We just know about him. But to really know him, we have to practice relationship with him. How do you do that? Well, just like you do with your spouse or with your friend. You get together regularly. You have conversation. And you don't have to say amen. Just keep the conversation open. Let God you know, interject as your day goes on. That's the Holy Spirit. That's God in you. You can talk to Him. He wants to hear from you all through the day. 
He wants to have a say in how you do life, how you live. That's what it is. And, and somebody asked me last week, they said, well, it just seems like I'm talking to myself. I said, yeah, I can feel that way, but you're not. You're talking to God. He's in you. You just have to change your mind about that and realize that God lives in you. So he wants to have conversation with you. And that's how you get to know the Holy Spirit. You have conversation with him. We also call it prayer. People often think prayer is is only getting on your knees and talking to the Father. And I want to tell you, prayer is so much more. That's, That's legit, but prayer is so much more. Prayer is an ongoing communication, conversation with the Holy Spirit. Doesn't have to have a dear Lord at the beginning and an amen at the end. It can just be constant. Paul said, pray without ceasing. That's what he's talking about, right? So this relationship with the Holy Spirit happens when you give yourself to him and invite him to come and be a daily part of your life. It's really what it is. Let me close with this scripture, Romans 12. Paul said, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, give your bodies to God. Give your bodies, give your whole self to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he'll find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. You know, people that aren't Christians, how do they worship their gods? They come and go from temples. They come and go from prayer times. You know, if you're Muslim, you put the rug down and you pray. Is it three times a day? Five? I don't know. Okay. Jewish, same thing. You have certain times during the day that you pray. All religions, you know, they visit temples, come and go. But that's not the way it is with our Holy Spirit. Don't follow the customs of the world. But let God transform the way you think into a new person. And then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So, Holy Spirit wrote this. People put it down into words, but the Holy Spirit inspired this. The Holy Spirit wants to transform our lives and renew our mind by us spending time in this and by us um, allowing him not just to put it here, but to put it here and to say, what is it about your word, Holy Spirit, that, that I need transformation in, in my life? Am I loving my wife like Christ loved the church? How well have I sacrificed this week? And many, many other things, right? Loving, loving people like we love Christ. So this is what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And I want you to notice that when you give yourself to him, like this Romans 12 text says, when you give yourself to him, because he gave himself for you, God responds to you. When you give yourself to him, God responds to you. And God comes and fills any area of your life that you open up to him. Any space that you make, God comes and fills with his presence. And by doing that, his word transforms what you believe, changes what you think, And behavior follows belief. So our lives change when we give room for the Holy Spirit and His Word. You cannot give what you do not have. So you've got to be filled with the Spirit in order to live love, in order to love well this culture that God has placed us in, these people that God has given to us to lead to Christ. We must be filled with the Holy Spirit. Would you stand with me this morning? I'm going to pray for you, and the worship team's going to come. They're going to give us a song to worship Jesus with. 
But again, and you're going to find this to be happening a lot in this series because it should happen daily. I'm going to ask you this morning if you want to be filled with the Spirit, and hopefully you spent some time at home this morning being filled, uh, as I did in a hotel in Laconner, um, sitting on the bed. I let the Holy Spirit fill me as I read His Word, as I read His Psalms, as I read Acts chapter 14 this morning. The Holy Spirit filled me. And so I, I hope that you did that this morning. But if you didn't, now would be a great time just to say, God, fill me. I need your presence. And so bow your heads with me this morning. If you'd like to do that, just pray with me. But know that you can do this on your own. You don't need Pastor Kurt to help you with receiving the filling of the Holy Spirit. God, this morning we just pray for your filling of our lives, Lord, for you to, to come and, and fill the spaces that we make for you through repentance and through confession and through just... Um, knowing that that there's a space that you want to fill. Lord, help us receive your filling right now. Help us say, Holy Spirit, come and be in me as as big as you want to be, as large as you want to be. I make space for you. I give myself to you today. In Jesus' name I pray. All God's people said, Amen. I I want this to become a practice for you, that you do this in your morning times with the Lord. Just invite him to fill you and through the day. So we're going to give our tithes and offerings as we worship. So let's worship our way out of the service today. Let's just give him our whole body as we worship him this morning.